Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! You don't like that? You don't like NBA basketball! Thanks for having me again. Uh, you know, uh, follow me at Joe Virai NBA. Uh, you find most of my work at Golden State of Mind. It's the SB Nation uh, subsite for the Golden State Warriors. And uh, yeah, just thanks for having me again and ready to talk Dubs basketball. Okay. So is your most recent piece the the Wiseman staff piece or was there something after mm-hmm. that? I may have missed it. No, no, it's the that's, most recent piece. That's the most recent one, right? Okay, yeah. so um, so first of all, what possessed you to like kind of go and look at that, like the data, and look into that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, just was it well, like stuff all, from it, summer league, or was it yes, just like curiosity? It's both, mix okay. of both, heavy mix of both. Like you know, like you see all this Wiseman talk on the. On the timeline, of course, and then in the summer league, I wrote I wrote two articles on Wiseman about summer league, and one of them was about his screening, his improved screening. Right. And then uh, I flash back to all those times where they did run the Steph Wiseman pick and roll in the twenty twenty one off season, and it wasn't much, you know. Right. Like, uh, in the article, I said uh, seventy nine possessions, and you know, other tandems going to the hundreds. But yeah, I wanted to explore how that worked, what made it work so well, and um, is it more because Wiseman is this big human being who just naturally, if you just put him in pick and roll, he can do he can do stuff with him, or is it right. because more of Steph, like you know how Steph draws a lot of attention around screens? And that allows whoever you pick him, you partner him with in the pick and roll to do whatever he wants to do. Okay. And that's that's what I wanted to explore. And what I found was pretty interesting, to say the least. So, yeah, it's I would say, yeah, the Steph part of the equation is always going to be there. It's always going to be Steph, like I would say around 60 to 70% at least, at minimum. But yeah, Wiseman himself, like, even if he didn't set the screen that well. And there were times <laughs> where he didn't set the screen at all. Right. But there were also times where he did do a good job of just being a large guy 
you know, he can be more in that pairing. And, you know, when I said 1.3 points per possession, that's already a pretty high. Right. Considering the, considering the, like, the frequency they ran it, which wasn't much. So I just wanted to explore that. Uh, you know, I also highlighted one play that they did it that they mostly use was just called motion week. And, you know, how it like, I just wanted to theorize how it would look in the coming season. And also because since, uh, you know, Steve Kerr uh, said that uh, Kevon Looney would be the guy to start and Wiseman would be the backup. I also wanted to mention how it would be more of Jordan Poole who would be paired with James Wiseman in the pick and roll. That was going to be the next thing I was yeah. going to get into because I'm just like, will Wiseman even really be paired with Steph? You know, um, it wouldn't be him. So what what do you think about that? Like if that's being ran with Jordan Poole, I mean, like we haven't really seen that because Wiseman hasn't played. Mm-hmm. Uh well, the 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 pool Wiseman pairing was even much more rare than the Steph right. Wiseman pairing. It's like twenty seven possessions, I think. And Pool was a very different player then. Yeah, than he, he is a, now. Mm-hmm. It was a mixture of pre G League Jordan Pool, right? And and uh, I think post G League Wiseman was already injured, so they didn't run it that much. But yeah, um. Yeah, like, you know, Jordan is a, a, a Steph doppelganger in several ways. He just is. Because of his dynamic movement off the ball, uh, the way he can create on the ball. And, you know, he's going to draw the same kind of attention. Steph's going to draw around screens. And he's been much improved as a passer, as a decision maker. The one clip I posted on my article involved uh, him just jacking up on like trying to draw a foul around uh James Wiseman screen which he didn't need to because uh James already got his man clean on the screen okay and you know it was it's those kinds of decision making right uh deficiencies that I don't think you'd see from him that all too much going forward so you know I just want to see how that pairing will be you know much more potent than it already was it was around the same generated the same amount of points per possession 1.3 that sort of thing very efficient the of course the frequency is like the one caveat but you what know, is that uh, like in comparison to like the rest of the league well like uh when you say points per possession one like one point per possession is basically decent right and upwards is like it's above average below that is you know it's bad like if you have a right. 0. 0.8 0. 0.9 points per possession so anything above one is good 1.3 is really good okay. so yeah um steve kerr basically said that he uh he made a mistake in terms of trying to put wiseman into situations where he wasn't proficient at like for example being right. an andrew Bogut type of guy being exactly you know, exactly uh, Draymond kind of guy and we saw that we saw that eventually in that season where he ran more pick and roll and he's basically saying right out of the gates that he's not going to do he's going to run more actions tailored to his skill set next season you think he's um, really going to do that because I mean we've heard Kurt talk before about 
he's gonna and uh, granted he was talking about Steph which is a little bit different because Steph has such a like a vast skill set um whereas I think Wiseman is so raw like it's understood that we got to use him in the best way possible but do you think he's really going to do that or do you think it's like something we're gonna start off seeing it and then he's gonna like go away from that to me it's either he does that or he he minimizes the minutes for Wiseman okay because uh you know like Steve Steve really like as much as possible he wants to run the offense his like, offense yeah. the the yeah. team's offense yeah. around Steph right but yeah um and I mean I the think... thing is oh I'm sorry I didn't mean like the thing is though yeah. he also wants to run that same offense like no matter who's on the floor though right and so mm-hmm. like they tried to use utilize Jordan in the exact same way and it it's as much as he's Steph like I don't think you can like completely do everything the same with him the same. Right. Um, so, mm-hmm. they, and then also they, it was, it was interesting. Cause you know, like, like pool, he had like those comments about like basically figuring out like what his role is and how to play. Cause like how they were trying to utilize him. Cause he's not clay. He's not that mm-hmm. right. It's like, he's somewhere, he's something in between the two of them. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just curious about how that will work. And I'm sorry, I interrupted like your thought, what you were going to say. Please go ahead. Yeah. um, You know, it's interesting because uh, Warriors, you know, we all know the Warriors aren't really the most pick and roll heavy team, right? Uh, But there is history of Steve like upping the pick and roll frequency when there's the situation is high stakes, high leverage situations. Right. Uh, You know, but does regular season uh, count like, for that? Regular I mean, season, like me, I'm, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Okay. But I don't know. Like, I think he will. I think he'll run more pick and roll stuff for Wiseman. It's just a matter of how much he'll put Wiseman on the floor, what time he'll see. Especially, it highly depends on what Wiseman will look like when he actually does get, uh, real minutes, because. You know, summer league he did show improvements in terms of screening, in terms of defense. But the fact of the matter is, uh, he hasn't had much time on the floor. Right. Like summer league was the first time in four months he saw real game action because yeah, he, he got into foul trouble like really. Yeah, <laughs> foul trouble. And summer summer league allows like ten fouls, right? So, I know because I was like, wait, does he have seven fouls? What? Yeah, what like seven fouls. fouls they allow stuff. <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, like, even in his rookie year, his foul rate, it was pretty high. Right. Uh, He was pretty jumpy. Uh, He was reaching. Uh, You saw saw less of that in Summer League, but, you know, it's still, he's still not at the level you'd want a center to be at. Uh, On the other hand, you know, if he's still foul prone in the regular season, I guess you could He's going to be the backup to Kavon, so I don't know. He he can be a foul sponge, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay for him to commit those fouls because you know he's not going to see the, that much minutes. Uh, but then again, the depth, the center depth, isn't all that right. So you know, um, but yeah, I mean, I think I'll give. Steve Kerr the benefit of the doubt. I think he will run a bit more 
I think he can afford to, especially in the bench lineups when Steph isn't there and some of the bench players are there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he has to. I think he has to because uh, uh, James hasn't really shown that he can be a passer. In, right. Like, uh, unless he shows that, I don't think you can put him in those actions. So, yeah. What did you think about his uh, mid-range shot? He was shooting that a bit. Um mm-hmm. in the um in summer league and you know it looked good. I mean it wasn't, but I mean his form looked good. It looked good and he was making some of them. So I mean I know like this team is obviously more three point heavy, but like you don't want like I mean he's gonna take he's gonna try to shoot some threes anyway, because he, you know. I get that that's how he wants to play or he wants to be able to develop that skill set. So that's obviously always good for the Warriors. But I kind of like the mid-range. Like, I I thought he looked good and sort of confident on that shot. It looked pretty good to me in Summer League. Yeah. Um, But I don't know what that would be like in the regular season (laughs) against the NBA uh, action. And there's... There was this thing I noticed in his rookie season where to start the season off, his shot, his the arc of his shot was pretty, was pretty high, but then as the season progressively went on, it got more flat. I'm not really sure how much is that a function of the coaches in his ear, like tell, like trying to work his shot, rework his shot, or is it because he had that wrist injury, right? Like right. if you remember, yeah. Um, so I'm not really sure what happened there, but this like in the very very small sample size we saw in summer league it looked okay it looked it looked like it like pre-wrist injury wiseman uh having said that i'm not really sure if that should be a shot that he should be taking with high frequency or moderate frequency uh because you know to be a good you mid-range prefer him out like at the three-point line i mean i know like He's going to be in pick and roll and he's going to be inside and that's great. But for like in this NBA, in this version of the NBA, yeah. he's going to need some sort of shot, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And maybe I'm just a little old school with this, but I don't necessarily love my bigs out at like yeah. the point line. So I would prefer that it be that shot, um, you know, unless like a corner three, Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I don't know. Tell me what you were going to say. Yeah, I'm just basing it off of his past, you know, past percentages, past film and all that. Where if I remember correctly, his mid-range, like the long mid-range outside of the paint, but just below the three-point line, somewhere around like 30, 31%, which isn't, no. which is a terrible, terrible right. number. You need to be at least up in the 40s, right? So. Yeah, I mean, if he can prove that he can make that shot in regular, uh, regularly, I guess it's okay for me. Uh, DeAndre Ayton proved that he could make. He has a bit of a jumper. Yeah, he can make that mid range. If he can do that, then yeah. But it took uh, DeAndre some time to get there, right? Like it wasn't like mm-hmm. over, right? And so I just, I feel like we have to remember that Wiseman is like really basically like a rookie, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's technically what going to be his third season but um he didn't play it all last year really and then 
his first year was cut very short. So yeah. to me, he's like a rookie. So um, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. How do you, I guess, what is your overall, like, you you did all this research, looked at film, you watched him in Summer League, you, you have, like, the past, like, what he did do while he was on the Warriors in his first year. What is your view on um, Wiseman? Because the fan base is very divided on this. Um, You know, some people, it's almost like I feel like they're rooting for him to fail, you know, um, so they can maybe be right or I don't know. Um, But then there's some people like, look, just give him a chance, you know, and maybe there's like a third group. I don't even know. But I mean, I sort of fall in the I think that there's things that he can offer of value. I don't expect him to be like a critical piece and like absolutely needed for us to like win everything. But I think especially in terms of like the regular season, like buying some guys minutes and like when you just kind of need like a big presence on the floor, because I remember there were games where like just his big body being out there, it did make a difference just in terms of like, altering certain shots that other teams took and things like that so not even thinking about like the foul trouble and other stuff but I just I think defensively he can just help a little bit especially if you're talking about playing him first like second units um so I don't know yeah um I tend to fall well me personally when I look at guys who are on the roster uh people who are acquired people who are still there uh, you know, I'm not really good at theorizing things in terms of uh, who are we going to trade for this guy or who should we get instead of this guy. I tend to look at the now, at the present. Like, this guy's on the team. How can we make him useful? Right. How will, how will he contribute to the team? So, you know, in terms of like, oh, like Wiseman, we should have gotten them for a vet. We should have traded them for a vet. Like me, when I say like, like, yeah, but you know, which one exactly? Uh, if we offer Wiseman to this team that uh, where the vets coming from, will they even want the package that the Warriors are offering? So, you know, like me, I just focus on how they will contribute because, you know, they're in the roster. You can't like, we're like, they're going to make the decisions and the decision they're making right now, Joe Lacob especially, he's on the record saying that he's not going to trade Wiseman. Like, he wants Wiseman to be a big part of the future, mm-hmm. like the post-Big 3 future. And when I hear that, I don't necessarily, like, you know, say, like, oh, man, uh, or, oh, no. I just think of it from the lens of, okay, he's not going anywhere. That's the reality of the situation. So how will he contribute? How can the Warriors develop him to the point where he will become a big piece? Yeah. So, yeah. So I don't know. I guess you can call me, I don't know. I don't even know if it's neutral. Maybe neutral. Like, if if you had to ask me if what I think of Wiseman personally in terms of how he'll develop, I think I'm more in the bullish end of the spectrum because like big men develop really slow compared to the right. other position. Yeah. And when you consider Wiseman, the circumstances he had, it's even slower for him. Right. And I understand that the, the need for 
maximizing the championship window of the big three of Steph, especially. I understand that at all, like completely, but you know, there are other ways you can do that other than just completely uh, mortgaging your future for win now right. pieces. And we've seen plenty of examples too before where that failed. Like those, like you trade your future picks or your youth for a win now piece and that didn't, didn't. like it's right. rare. It's rare that, that happens. And for me, as long as you have Steph on the team, you have a chance. I think you, no matter, no matter, like you, you surround him with like decent pieces. I agree. <laughs> yeah, you know he can really make. It's incredible, but he can kind of almost make anything work. You know, um, which is a testament to his greatness. Um, and I don't mean to take stuff for granted at all, but. I just, I guess the way that I look at it is like, I just, I don't feel like he's important, but I just don't think Wiseman is that integral that like, whether he's there or not is going to be like this big difference. So I don't see the point in like trying to get rid of him, I guess, is what I'm saying. Like, I just, he's just not going to be to me. Like, I think he's going to help and provide value and he can. I just don't think like, I just I'm not convinced that if you had like a veteran player, it, obviously it depends on who, but in terms of like who was out there and what's available, I'm not convinced that that person would be adding like substantially more value than what Wiseman yeah. is going to give you. And I think that's really what it comes down to for me. Yeah. And you know, like I'm not necessarily I'm not necessarily shilling for Lacob and Myers, Lacob sure especially. You know, like you know, billionaires and all that. I, I'm, you know, they have lots of money. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I mean, when you look at it from his perspective, it's at the end of the day, it's about the bottom line. Yeah. NBA is a business, and they're always going to think about their money. the amount of money. So you know, when you accept that, uh, and you deal with it if you deal with that like and you come to accept that then you know you're not going to be much like that up in arms over the decisions they make you know <laughs> uh, like me maybe i would have like if i was much younger i would have been one of those people like hey why is it like why aren't they paying that amount of money but you know the reality of the situation is they're gonna maximize their profits and uh like minimize their costs so you know, just deal with, and you know, like they lost GP, they lost auto that those are big losses, no doubt, but the pieces they got to replace them aren't bad at all. No, Dante DiVincenzo, Jamichael Green. Yeah. I was going to say not, like, like I, I think I'm probably in the minority here where I don't think they're like that big of losses. Like I think they are pieces that I would have liked to have kept but I feel like mm -hmm. the replacements are adequate. So it's it's like one of those things. It's like, yeah, you lost players that were really good, but, or like really helpful, however you want to look at it. But you've also gained players that also can be um, really helpful as well. And, you know, they'll, they'll bring their own dynamic and what they do. And, you know, we'll see. I mean, I guess the way that I look at it is like, even though, 
there were some people who were kind of like early on 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 Gary Payton the second and wanted him right like I don't know that like what he ended up becoming that people saw that and were like oh I knew he was gonna provide that amount of value so you know I'm looking forward to like what Dante can do and bring and and also um Jamichael so I think those were really good pickups I really do um so I'm I'm not one of those people who's like oh my god we lost those guys I I wanted to keep both Otto and um Gary Payton but I also wasn't like one of the people like cursing the front office because they let them leave yeah I mean I I love I love GP <laughs> he's the, he's I my kind too. of guy because defense I'm I'm biased towards defense like you know uh like I I I I want to see defense being played hard. Uh, I would post more. I would more likely post a defensive clip than I would an offense, like a clip For on offense. For sure. So he's my kind of guy. But you know, it 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 kind of it kind of broke my heart that they lost him. But you know, that's the nature of the that's the nature of the game. Yeah, if you're successful, I wanted him to stay. Yeah, the more successful you are, the more you have to sacrifice. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I wish he would have stayed, but in terms of just like the team itself, I, I think they'll be okay with with the pieces mm-hmm. they got, provided health always, right? That's like the um, caveat I always say: provided health. They think if like the pieces we have are healthy, I, I like, I like the squad. So that that's where I land. Um, so the last, I mean, the last two episodes, I, I've spent a lot of time. Like, I had the the guys on from um, Warriors Reddit, so they were here. Mm-hmm. I watched that. I watched that. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we. I mean, they they went through like a lot of like, like, contract stuff with me. Um, and after I got back from summer league, Justin Grant and I, we, like, we recorded and we kind of like went through the players so like the the new players right so I kind of just want to like right now where we are like kind of get your thoughts on all right the Warriors have won that was great (laughs) I think we're all excited about that um but now right there's everything that's happened in the offseason so we've now had summer league and you watched that and you tuned into that we have like the new pieces the roster is in theory for the most part almost there so I kind of want to do like a status check and I want to get your thoughts on like I want to just talk about that kind of like for the rest of the show um one thing I do want to ask you is do you think Andre Iguodala is going to um because he still hasn't made a decision like do you when do you think he's going to make that decision is it before camp after camp like because they've kind of left it with him I am not sure when he'll make that decision, <laughs> but uh, uh, I'm, I'm tending to think that at least before camp, like sometime before camp, he has to make that decision. Uh, I'm leaning toward him not coming back. Okay. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know. Like if I were him, I'd just ride off into the sunset with my four rings, with my uh, investments, uh, with my podcast. It, it sounds like a perfect time to go for me if I was Andre 
I wouldn't be surprised if he does, but I think I'm leaning toward him not going back. Um, now, do you think, okay, so like I get all the reasons why you're leaning that way. But based on like what you know about Andre and then like what you see that's out there, like who the Warriors have invited to camp, like in terms of like just for the team purposes, like better, do you think it would be better if he did come back again for another year or like going with one of these other available options, um, you know, who got the camp invites? I'm not against him going back because, you know, at the end of the day, and like experience from a veteran, even if he spends majority of his time on the bench, it's important. And it's not like he's a veteran who just sits on the bench. He can contribute too. I think he's can still he? contribute provided provided <laughs> that he's healthy. Provided I mean, that he's we healthy. only had him like for a portion of the season, and then I feel yeah, like but he didn't play the rest of the season. The minutes he did play in the season, they were pretty okay. And in the early part, where, but like after yeah. that, I was a little like, yeah, okay, I don't know if Andre really has any more left. And that's get. what gives me pause too. Like, you know, can he really be on the floor? But uh, for me, as long as it doesn't turn into like a Udonis Haslam situation in the, in Miami, where they're just keeping that spot open perpetually for him and he keeps accepting it, it's okay with me. Uh, but I don't think he'll do that. I don't think Andre will do that. Uh, he's more diversified in terms of off off the court stuff. So if not if not this season, I think definitely the season after he will ride off into the sunset. But if he doesn't go back, if he doesn't go back this season, I would really really love Q Quindary Weatherspoon to get that final spot. So that, but, yeah. But okay, and I would too. I wanted Quinn to get the spot. Um, yeah. I feel bad, like like I'm an Andre, you know, traitor, but I'm not. <laughs> I just, cause I just feel like what Andre brings. I feel like they could still get that in the form of someone who's not on the roster. Like just pay yeah. him <laughs> to like be yeah. a part of the team and do that. I guess is what I'm saying too, because. I I have concerns about Andre's ability to really still give much, you know? So it's like, because there were definitely times throughout the regular season where it's like, we were thin. And I just felt like we just need a body to throw out there. And he just wasn't available. And so that's sort of like what I worry about a little bit. And so, but it, it seems like Quinn, regardless, may not get that spot because they might want to like just keep him on a two way as long as possible before converting him so I wonder like even if Andre says no like if he's gonna get that spot or do you think Quinn would and they would just put someone else on a two way well if Andre retires and they keep Q on the two way they'll have 13 yeah they'll have 13 on the roster yeah, but and they'll probably so want to do one more regardless. They'll they'll do one more and you know, unless they sign someone on the market like uh another big like like Boogie's still out there, uh Whiteside's still out there, uh like whoever 
but I would think that they would. I'm inclined that to lean towards them signing him to the 14 man, the 15 man, and then they'll they'll slot in someone to the two way. Like me, my personal wish is that they'll do that, and you know, uh, Trevion Williams uh, will be the other two way because he, that dude can pass <laughs> for a big man. Like he's the perfect passing big man for the Warriors. Of course, the problem is. Uh, you know, he, he can't defend at this point, so you can't really make the pure Andrew Bogut comparison, for example. But yeah, I mean, it's a two-way spot. He can contribute in spot minutes for the Warriors. And for me, if Andre retires, I mean, Andre retires or not, I think that's my ideal situation. Like you on the, as the 14th man and Trevion on the two-way. Okay. Okay. So I would take it then that you're not um um big on Mac. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, uh, I didn't hear you mention his name. So <laughs> yeah, um, you know, he's entertaining. He's really he can really raise the roof, I guess. But yeah, like did the contract he like, signed surprise you? Oh, no, 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 he didn't because it's a training camp contract, right? It's non-guaranteed, uh, basically giving him a chance to, you know, show that if he can be an NBA player. But there's uh, no option to, like, convert it into, like, a two-way. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure if he's eligible for a two-way. Okay. So... I think in the, in the two way there's amount of years service years that you are only uh, qualified for, but yeah, um, I think him personally, I think he doesn't want to be on a two way. I think no, he I wants to be on right. a raw. He wants to be on a roster. Uh, that's why I'm like. I thought, I just, you, that's why I, I was surprised. That, I'm sorry. Yeah. Because the Warriors, I don't think he's. I don't think he's likely to make the roster. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah. that's like. That's like. And look, you have to have confidence in yourself. So don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I don't feel like that's a super likely outcome, him making the roster. So I guess that's why I'm saying like, that's why it surprised me. Cause it's like, I get that you want to be an NBA player, but then why wouldn't you at least go sign that with a team that maybe you had a better chance of making their roster? Yeah. I mean, uh, Maybe he likes the Warriors. He likes how they play. He likes the 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 culture. Yeah. Uh I just don't think that he'll make it to the Warriors. Like as you said, the style doesn't really unless we see something like a change from him compared to summer league where it's understandable if you want to get your own, if you want to show out and stuff like that. But I just don't think that he's fit for the for the roster, for the culture, for the not I don't know, not the culture. I don't know how he is as a person. Maybe he will be a cooperative team player, but, you know, in terms of his style, it's, I just don't see it meshing. Yeah, it's funny. You know? Some people really liked Matt McClung and then others just really didn't. So another sort of polarizing player. Yeah. The thing is, he's a he's a scorer. He can create his own shot. He, can, he seeks his own shot most of the time. But the thing is, we already have plenty of guys who can do that of course Steph 
Yep. But uh, do you think he Jordan was just Poole. doing that? And I get like how he's always played in the past, mm-hmm. so I don't want to discount that. But yeah, I just sort of think that summer league, some of that was about him just trying to display what he can do because it's not yeah. just for the Warriors; it's for everyone mm-hmm. watching, right? Like he's sort of auditioning for multiple teams. So yeah. that's why, like, I kind of. I don't necessarily just say like, well, yeah, who we saw in summer league is like who he is. But again, I get like, there's past data on him and, Mm -hmm. you know, but I just, I sort of like, are we sure? Like that's like the only way he plays or that he wouldn't, you know, I don't know. Look, I don't care. I don't feel, I (laughs) I don't feel strongly about him. I just, I'm always sort of curious. Um, I kind of, I'm so like impatient. I want the roster to kind of like shape out now. So I know, cause I feel like yeah. on some level it makes it hard to sort of talk about the team and like what we may see and what may happen. Cause I don't even know the lineups. I don't know who's going to be. So it's like, come on, like for my content purposes, warriors, hurry up. I want you to. <laughs> yeah. Unless something changes drastically, this is going to be the, the, the we're going to keep talking about, Oh, is Mac going to be, good for the Warriors, who's going to take the 14th spot. It's going to be the same all throughout the month until it's September 24th, which is the start of training camp. Yeah, it just came out today. So, I mean, that's yeah. still like a, a bit away. So I'm hoping yeah, that we find out half. soon. Yeah. Yeah. So what, I tell me, what's been your biggest, um, what move have you liked the most that the Warriors have made this offseason? Probably Dante Vincenzo. Okay. Because, you know, I always thought highly of him when he was in the Bucks because he's just a really, really fundamentally sound defender. Uh, He's not as high up there compared to GP in terms of a perimeter defender. But the, the thing that I like the most about Dante is that he's very disciplined. He doesn't foul that much. Uh, and a part of that is because he's not as handsy compared to someone like GP. GP was like, you know, he got a lot of deflections, a lot of steals. But with that, it also came with a lot of fouls. Uh, like, you know, like when, like, it's very funny that the foul rates of GP and Kent Bazemore were very similar. The difference is that G- the risks the risks that GP took compared to Bazemore were calculated. Uh, they worked. And, you know, at the end of the day, he, when he got into foul trouble, he stayed disciplined. So that's the difference between him and Bazemore. With Dante, he's not handsy. He keeps his hands up. Uh, he uses his body to get in front of you. Uh, you know, and even when he's not as handsy, his steal rate is still pretty not that far off from gp right Uh, yeah so you know that's what i love about him and also he can space the floor too like i know gp that's what i was gonna say i think he's slightly a better a slightly better offensive player yeah um he like you know there was a stretch uh late in the season last last year where dante made 40 percent of his catch and shoot threes uh with the kings so, you know, you're basing that off of his last last stretch. It's You have to be bullish about the way he can space the floor, how he can play off of Jordan, how he can play off of Steph and Clay. 
and you know being like a legit three and D guy and a rebound a guy who rebounds too. He can rebound for a small guy like uh Steph averages around like let's say five rebounds per 75 possessions. And Dante averages more than that, like close to 5.5. So 5.5 to 6, if I remember correctly. So, you know, he can rebound. Yeah. So, and before he got injured, too, I mean, even like before, like he was on the Bucks before he left, um, mm-hmm. he was really good for the Bucks, too. So, yeah. Um, I, I like the Dante pickup. Yeah. I mean, and he's very, he's very, um, what do you call this? He's very uh, malleable in terms of systems. Like he can fit in, he can cut like GP. So I really, really love that signing. Uh, I love the Jamichael signing too. It's just that Dante is more of my kind of player profile. Yeah, so, I was going to yeah. say, I really also like Jermichael too. And you know what? His, like he rebounds also like pretty well too. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I think even slightly a little bit better than Otto. So, because yep. I mean, granted, yes, we're going to have Wiseman now as the backup, but like, I still think the Warriors are going to have to like team rebound still, you know, they're mm-hmm. still um on the smaller side. So, you know. Yeah, unless, unless Wiseman becomes this rebounding machine, then yeah, they have to gang rebound box out a lot uh you know wig said wiggins said like he's never gonna average four rebounds again we'll see if that happens during the regular season uh yeah i mean it's always been in him so and he like he real like there was this sort of like realization where oh hey i can do this rebounding thing during the playoffs so you know it's just something that like a mental block i guess that he had so hopefully we'll see that in the regular season yeah, I feel pretty strongly, well, maybe in part because it's a contract year, but I feel pretty strongly with Wiggs that, like, the finals unlocked something in him, you know, and then plus he got, like, the all-star. So, I mean, I don't know if he'll make an all-star again um, just because, like, it's tough in the the West and, like, you know, you'll have people like Kawhi and Paul George coming back, you know, barring health, that's going to be, like, challenging, but... Um, I'm just like, I think you're going to just see a better Andrew Wiggins going forward. You know, I think he's going to, I'm hoping he's more like the Andrew Wiggins we saw in the postseason. And that makes me happy because, you know, I'm like a Andrew Wiggins stan. So. Yeah. Hey, hey, don't discount him going to another all-star because the, that K-pop vote is really, really strong. It It certainly is. I mean. Yeah. Look, I would love that. I would love for him not to just be like a one-time all-star. Um, but you have like some people you just know, like if they're just healthy, like they're going to get the spots over him, like LeBron and Kawhi and Paul George. And so, um, you know, and you have other players who are still out there like Cat, you know, like just the other guys, assuming that they just have like their teams are decent and they have like, regular seasons for them so um you know but hopefully he'll still like even if he doesn't make it he'll sort of be like on that fringe all-star kind of radar Mm -hmm. that like maybe he could be like a backup like an injury reserve if someone get you know so but I'm I'm just hoping for more from Andrew and I would I would love it if he just makes an all-star team again so 
let's see let's see what comes with him um okay so I think that's all my questions for today I just kind of wanted to see how you were feeling about things so far this season um you know I'm excited I'm excited for next year um there have been like other teams around the league who have made some moves um do you still how do you still feel about the warrior well how do you still feel I should say how do you feel about the warriors for next year in terms of I mean we kind of have a sense of who the roster is give or take like one or two pieces so do you think that they are in position to repeat or did you see like anyone make moves around the league that made you say man this team like got better and they're like better than the warriors um, cause I have my one team who I think like can challenge the warriors, but, um, maybe two, but like outside of that, I still feel pretty confident that like, they're like at the top of the league in terms of like the team. So I want, I'm curious what you think. Well, you know, um, Assuming they go back to the finals next year, the East, uh, you know, healthy bucks are always a, a threat. Um, you know, we don't know how the Kevin Durant situation will will end up, uh, how, like where he'll end up, if he stays, if he goes. Uh, indications are he's not staying. <laughs> uh, but the Nets are like, no, like we have the power. Um, the Celtics are always going to be really, really tough. They're, they got Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, wells, uh, the Heat. Um, they're always tough too, and they're gonna be healthier next season. The Sixers. Uh, maybe the Sixers are, you know, they have James Harden, they have J- Joel Embiid, but I'm uh-huh. personally more concerned beating the Warriors. Joe, come on, tell me, give me a take. Uh, the Bucks are more. I'm the most concerned about the Bucks because they've always been a a pretty big like matchup nightmare I would say for the Warriors and Giannis I love Giannis he's going to be a problem for anyone in the league so yeah assuming they're healthy you know they have Chris Middleton Drew and Giannis they're always going to be a threat I think out of the east I think they're the one team who's capable of taking the Warriors to the limit beating them maybe uh I've always liked them so you know but it uh, let's go to the West. The West, the Clippers. Uh, the Clippers, for me, because of how much versatility they have and how much offense they have, they are capable of generating. Uh, they can guard. They have the personnel to guard the Warriors' offense. They have the coaching, too, Ty Lu. So I'm pretty – I'm the most concerned about the Clippers, I would say. The Nuggets got stronger too. I like the Bruce Brown pickup. I really, really love the Bruce Brown pickup because uh, he's basically a mini... I would say he has similarities to GP and he's in some ways a mini Draymond too, offensively. Um, you know, Jokic, uh, when you pair him with someone like a Bruce Brown and then you improve their de- their defensive capabilities with a KCP and the Bruce Brown too, perimeter defense is the ones weak spot they had I and mean, we saw that in the first round uh last season uh they're gonna be tough and then Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. are coming back so uh, I think they're gonna be up there 
think Denver will be one of the top teams in the league, but I'm not concerned about them beating a healthy Warriors team. I'm in agreement yeah. with you on the Clippers, though. I think the Warriors still beat the Nuggets. The Clippers, it's going to be a, like, uh, if, if, they, if it comes to the two of them in the Western Conference, it's going to be tough. You know, if if there's a one team who can definitely put a, I wouldn't say a beat down, but, you know, just challenge. Like, them. if it's a challenge, yeah, they're the team. They're the team. Uh, the Lakers, <laughs> the Lakers are Lakers. Like, they can't shoot. As of the as of this current roster construction, they can't shoot. So I'm not really as concerned. Um, the Timberwolves, Timberwolves, maybe they can have a bit of more bite with Rudy Gobert, but I think the Warriors can beat them. And yeah, like basically the Warriors can beat anyone with around I would say eighty to ninety percent. I'm sure they would beat them 80 to 90%, except for the Clippers. So it's much lower number, I would say, or 50, more 50 50 closer. Okay. Yeah. I, I think the Warriors would beat the Bucks. And I think, and I, this is something I said even before, like their injuries. I think that Drew is really their X factor. Um, I think that he needs to be good on offense like you know what his defense is going to be but I think he needs to be good on offense and consistent for them to win a series um Mm -hmm. versus like a team like the Warriors and I don't I don't think you're going to get that consistency um and I don't know that it like I don't necessarily believe that it's like he has like he's not able to but I think when you're spending time on the floor defending someone the likes of Stephen Curry right Mm -hmm. like that just takes a lot out of you and over the course of a series you know I just so I I I think the Bucks maybe six games I guess like because the greatness of Giannis and they're a really really solid team but I think ultimately the Warriors like the offense would be too much for them ultimately yeah, that's what I think. I that's what I said though in season two. Like when everyone was like so worried about the Bucks, I'm like, man, we're beating the Bucks. <laughs> maybe I'm a, maybe I'm a bit biased because you know, um, Giannis is one of my favorite players in the league. I, I really I really love Giannis. So yeah, oh. I don't I don't I don't think they are as deep though as the Celtics. Like that. Yeah, we didn't even talk about the Celtics. They made some moves. Yeah. Does that? They made moves, but yet you still kind of were more concerned about the Bucks. So do you think the Celtics now have done enough to like catapult them to be like the best team in the East? Yeah. I've always believed that if Chris Middleton was healthy in the in the East finals, that I think the Bucks would have taken that East semifinals, they would have taken that series. Um, you know, the Celtics, I love the Malcolm Brogdon pickup, the Danilo Gallinari pickup. Um I'm not as big on it because I'm concerned about the defense, of course. Um, yeah, the Celtics, as of, as currently constructed, I think they have a they have a final series on the, like on their notch. They they have the experience. It was a really really like really really hard experience for them, learning experience because they they made a lot of mistakes that the Warriors forced them to make you know like the narrative that they shot yeah. their own foot it's not completely 
not completely sure warriors made yeah. them do the like you know like you can't tell me that gp made uh jalen cuff up the ball right so yeah but you know um you know tatum yeah I saw andrew wiggins it. defense giving people problems that's what i saw <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like Tatum did not perform up to his standards, no. but you know, I he's 24. He has more. Fi- I, I would say I would assume he has more final series in his career in the future. Um, it's a learning experience for him. Yeah, I mean, I think Tatum. I think for this is not really like. I mean, it is about the Celtics, but this is just like my general rule of thumb. I think you need like a superstar, superstar. And like, to me, like a top five player, maybe top 10, but I think like you need like mm-hmm. one of those guys. Um, and I'm, I'm not one of those people who are like, oh, you know, um, Tatum is a top 10 player. Like I have him as like a fringe top 10 player. Like I can, I'm comfortable like having 10 players above him and he's like in the 11 to 15 range for me sort of a thing. And so I think like he has to really break into that upper tier. And if he's that player, I think the Celtics have a different kind of chance, but I think you need one of those guys. I just don't think he's that player yet, but he might be able to evolve into that player. So I'm definitely not discounting that, but I think until he can be that kind of a player, then they're, they're capped at like what they can do. And that was the same way I felt about the Suns and like Devin Booker. I'm like, okay, let's see him like really be like this guy come the postseason because I'm just like, they don't have a superstar. Um, and that's, that's like, that's the thing. Like they had to make the most of their finals appearance last season. Right. Right. Because the East is, the East is not going to get any easier. I mean, if the bucks get healthy, if the heat get healthy, uh, where, I don't know. It depends on where Kevin Durant goes. If he stays I'm East. I'm not concerned about that. They don't got a star either. <laughs> these are all teams that are going to be really good in the regular season and then yeah i mean to me there's limits to what jimmy can do too but we'll see not in relation to the celtics like right the competition they face out in the east so it's not gonna be uh, an easy road back to the finals no it won't it won't um okay i did say that was the final question but i do actually have one more one more question promise final last question um what we what are your thoughts on Brian Rollins? Um, I'm bullish on him. Like I, I did a You're piece bullish on, him. on a uh, lot of things, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> what are you I'll not bullish on? Tell me what you're not bullish on. <laughs> uh I'm more bullish on him than I am with PBJ, I would say, which is I would uh, might be a controversial statement since PBJ is the higher draft pick. And Rollins is someone they had to part cash with to acquire because they had to move the draft. But yeah, um, Ryan Rollins, he's not ready to contribute majorly this season. Uh, he's going to be in the G League for sure, a lot most of the time. But I just like how, you know, his profile, first of all, he's uh, 6'4 with a 6'10 wingspan. And anyone with that kind of profile has a lot of defensive upside. So, you know, how I am with defense, how I'm biased with that. So he can be molded into this really solid defender. Uh, offensively, you know, the shot's not there yet. But 
he shot 80% on free throws in college. So, you know, that's a really good indicator of uh, being a decent to above average shooter in the NBA. So, you know, he has, he can, he can run the, the pick and roll. He has playmake. He has shown flashes of playmaking. Uh, you know, like, I'm not saying he's going to be a Jordan Poole, but he can approximate someone who can be like a Jordan Poole kind of guy, maybe a role player who can do spot minutes in terms of being the guy who can run the offense, who can score in flashes, uh, score in a pinch. And yeah, I mean, he's not going to play significant minutes this season. The, the roster's too cramped. Uh, he's going to be in the G League. But yeah, I really love where I really love the pick. Uh, if the Warriors can develop him, uh, I see good things for him. Okay. Andy Liu asked this question on the TL. He said, like, who's going to be next year's GP2? And people, I feel, took it like very literally. And they're just like, no one, GP2 is like irreplaceable. But I didn't like read the question like that. I sort of read it like kind of like who's going to be like that unexpected player that's going to like break yeah. out or, you know, something like that. And so I replied to his tweet and said, Quinn, um, because I think ultimately Quinn is going to make the roster, even if it's not before the season starts, like the final, you know, 15 man roster. But if who would be your pick for like the the player that's going to like surprise us next season or like be like this kind of impact value player that basically kind of like outplays like what their contract is right like which is what gp2 did um so i mean my my pick would be quinn and then maybe my second choice would be <laughs> moody but i'm not sure Ooh, moody i forgot about moses ah uh, i'm 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 inclined towards Dante, the Vincenzo. Outplaying the value of his contract, really? Because, see, like, I look at him yeah. like, he's that he's seasoned. But you think he's going to have, like, a breakout? Like, not breakout, but, like, a really great season next season? Yeah, I mean, he's healthy. I would, like, I'm just really, really optimistic about how he'll contribute to the Warriors. I think he's the perfect guy to be in that slot as, you know, maybe the seventh man seventh eighth man on the on the roster uh I just really love right. how I he, think he's seven I think that's right yeah I just love how he plays defense like what is he on right now a part of the MLE yeah, yeah I think I can I, I think I think he can outplay that I think he can okay. to like because he he's on the tax the taxpayer MLE and I think a team will pick like if he performs up to the standards that we're all expecting to, he's gonna he's gonna get gobbled up by another team, paid higher money, just like the GP did, just like Otto did, and that's that's the goal, right? Because if it if that if that's the thing, that that means the Warriors will have success, won a championship. Other teams will see, oh, we have to we have to snatch this guy away from him. So yeah. I just hope that will be, I just hope that happens. I hope that happens. Yeah. Okay. All right, Joe, thank you so much as always for coming on and spending your time to chat with me. I really appreciate you. Um, and really, I'm a big fan of your work. So um, I just, I don't know. I love kind of watching other content creators move and 
I um, admire writers because I just think the work that goes into that and what you put in is incredible. It's not something I could ever do. <laughs> um, and so I think you do tremendous work and thank you for delivering such great content for us and just keep doing it, please. <laughs> same for you, same for you, keep doing it. I love, I love how you're carving your own space in the podcast, the Warriors oh. podcast uh thank you so you know uh yeah just thanks for having me uh love to be back someday again soon oh Um, for sure you're gonna be back for the season but (laughs) i you know i had you on early and then like um i i don't know why i did this there was like no real reason but i kind of you know it's my first year doing a podcast so i was sort of like yeah I want to have like a different guest on like every week for the season and to see like mm-hmm. if I can pull it off. Um, but there were definitely some times I'm like, damn, I really wish I would have had Joe on because like you wrote something or like, <laughs> you know, like there are just times I wanted to bring people back. So I'm not doing that next for this upcoming season. I'm just going to like have the people on that I want. But that was my first year and it was like a learning, you know, yeah. exercise for me. So no, I for sure would like you to kind of be a regular on a few times um, because I need someone who can like really break down the warriors for me in a way that I can't. Um, and and you do that well. So for sure, I would love to have you back on. Sure. Love to be back on. Perfect. Wonderful. Well, enjoy the rest of this off season. I hope you are finding time to get like a little rest in like I mm. am um, because it's going to get busy for us very soon. So yeah, I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, you know, just enjoy, rest, and before you know it, it's going to be hectic season again. Yes, yes. So <laughs> you take care. We will talk again soon. Um, any heads up on, like, what might be coming next for you that people should look out for? Uh, nothing really. Just, you know, just the usual musings and tweets about basketball. Okay. I've been watching a lot of other basketball stuff, like, other than the Warriors, because in general, I'm a basketball fan, so... Yeah, just stay tuned. Uh, hopefully by September 24, which is training camp, I'll have some stuff out. Okay. It'll be in Japan. So, you know, that's something to look forward to. Yeah, that'll be cool. All right. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in again for another episode. Joe is great. I can't, I just can't comprehend. I would have any follower that's not already following you. But if that's even possible, you just heard him. Go follow him and seriously read his work. Like he's so good at what he does. All right. Um, Until next time, guys, take care.